Welcome everyone, we're about to begin Bessus Hashem, BPW, Shear number 27. That's Bias Panimi for Women, Shear number 27. We're going to talk about that when one disagrees with one's husband or wife, and it's very normal to have disagreements, um, there's a way to do this in a fair, very respectful and loving way, um, that not only it takes away the sting from any particular disagreement, but it actually brings the husband and wife closer and closer together. So here's a few things that are below the belt tactics when having disagreements or what we call fights, which I don't like using the word, but very often uh, these things happen and one needs to avoid it, avoid it in the, in the utmost possible way. The first thing is, is to involve a third party. Now, again, I just want to make it very clear. I'm not talking about a situation where you and your husband came across a topic where you're both at odds with each other and it's extremely important, and then you decide together to go to a third party, whether it's a rav, whether it's a mentor, whether it's someone who's an expert in the particular area that you have this disagreement about, or the chinech you have a question about a child, where to bring, you know, send them to a particular yeshiva, and you need advice. So you go to a third party to give you advice pertaining to it and let them help you decide what to do. I'm not talking about that type of third party. One of the things that I'm talking about, what is one of the worst things to do when you involve a third party, is to call up your mother or your sister or your best friend and complain about your husband rather than going straight to him in a respectful way expressing your concerns. And um, so because most of these people are powerless in helping the situation. They very often, by being mixing in, makes things negative. There's Lashon Hara, Rechilis involved for no purpose whatsoever, and it's a waste of emotional energy talking about it where you could be pouring that same energy into resolving the difference that you have with your husband. Again, there's an exception to the rule if, if there's a particular mentor or objective therapist that is very objective, it's confidential, and you need to run it by a person because you need help with it. That's a different story. But we're talking about the typical um, involving of a third party by kvetching about your husband uh, that, that has no purpose whatsoever. Another thing that is also a below-the-belt tactic when you're having a disagreement with your husband is refusing to talk to your husband rationally about an issue you're angry about. And it accomplishes very little, except causing him to even have more confusion about it and allows you to even build up more steam and anger over the situation. And if you feel you're not ready to talk calmly yet, then take time to sit down, either write down your thoughts, take a deep breath, and allows you to let off some steam and process your emotions and organize your thoughts, and then you bring up the issue. Another thing that also doesn't work in disagreements is yelling and crying, and those tactics cause a husband to want to retreat altogether. And chances are generally you wouldn't resort to yelling or crying with your boss uh, as a worker um, in order to get what you want there. The same thing applies with your husband. So use positive tactics in your marriage, healthy, respectful tactics like you would use in a healthy workplace when you want to get things done. Another aspect is criticism. 
Um, if you have a suggestion for positive behavior that you want to see from your husband, you need to present that in a loving, encouraging manner. Um, but refrain from complaining or criticizing or name-calling. Um, you know, this is a famous thing that many mothers say. If you don't, can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. And again, just to repeat that, because uh, this has been nice to me for women, we talk about this to men as well. This is, of course, a two-way street. And the, one of the most hurtful things when having a disagreement is sarcasm. We haven't had full shiurim that much about sarcasm, but sarcasm is poison in a marriage, and it's used a lot when a couple disagrees. It's usually masked with humor, right? So it seems more innocent because it's sort of funny sometimes. When you're sarcastic very often, it could have a funny humor aspect to it. But that's like covering a poison pill with a coat of sugar to help it sw- be swallowed down, but it's poison nonetheless. So c- sarcasm is usually intended, almost all the time, to cut people down, to cause them to feel belittled, to cause them to feel stupid. It's more than that. It's actually a form of bullying. Sarcasm, and some people are masters at this. They're experts at this. They know how to use sarcasm in such a way It's a socially accepted form of bullying. And when you use sarcasm on your husband, he is feeling bullied. So you need to make every attempt to avoid being sarcastic and instead speak with sincerity when interacting with anyone, with anyone, but especially with your husband. The next thing that's very, very destructive when having disagreements is using threats or ultimatums. And, um, you know, Something like, you know, if you don't spend time more with the family, I'm going to lock the doors and just find someplace else to stay. Or, you know, those type of things. Instead, you say something like this. You say, I fear that if we don't have more time together or don't work on this marriage together as a family, I'm, a, I'm concerned that we'll drift apart and we'll drift further apart. That statement is a healthy statement. If that's really happening and you want to convey that, that's, that is a healthy thing to say. But the first part, the say, you know, I'm going to lock the doors, I'm going to just walk out of here, you're not going to find me anymore, I'm leaving, and so on, even if you don't mean it, but you're saying it, puts the person, the husband, on the defensive, and sort of like an attack. Another thing also is, is not to try your best not to get defensive. This is shiurim we give in the main shiurim. I speak to the men individually about this. When you're interacting with them, I talk to them a lot about not being defensive and trying to listen to what you have to say. And so to you, when you're hearing things, when your husband expresses a valid concern, and he may have not been perfect in the way he conveyed that concern to you. He wasn't as sensitive as he should have been, but let's say it is a valid concern. So you ask HaKadosh Baruch for help and you work through that defensiveness and acknowledge when there's something that needs to be corrected and you work through that. The other thing also in disagreements that's very unhealthy is to use these buzzwords that people use that should be off limits. So for example, you always work late. You always, um, you never talk to me anymore. It's trying to say, you know, as a husband, you, you haven't been as communicative as you used to be. You never talk to me. Or 
you know, he's been procrastinating on certain things. I hate the way you procrastinate. Or using divorce, the word divorce. If that's the way you feel, then maybe we should you know, get divorced. Even if you don't mean it at all. But using those words harms the relationship. And, and another thing that's very important is, is that you expect him to read your mind. Even though you think it's obvious, he should know this. But if he, he hasn't been at, articulated it, don't expect him to read your mind. And so therefore, you know, if you got this advice, you know, don't ask for anything until it's offered to you. In marriage, it doesn't work that way. In marriage, very often, you need to, in a respectful way, but you need to do it, to, to ask for what you desire. Otherwise, your husband really usually has no idea. You know, it could be humorous, and you could call him clueless, and he's not getting it. He should get it. If he really cared about me, he would, he would know what I want. But it doesn't work like that understanding the male personality he needs to know sometimes he would not know unless you communicated even though it's very very obvious to you you know whether it's that you want to go out with him one night or take a walk together or other things you don't feel um, any resistance to initiating with him rather than getting upset that he doesn't take the initiative initiate with him we talk about the husbands that need to initiate things. That's true. But if you're not getting what you want and he seems to be clueless about it, instead of being frustrated about it, talk to him about it. Say, I'd like to take a walk with you tonight. I really appreciate that. Or so on. Let's go out for dinner tonight. Initiate that those requests. And more than not, he'll be happy to accommodate. He'll be happy to... Oh, so you're telling me I understand. Why men are clueless? I could do a separate share, a long Megillah, as to why males are this way very often. But that is that is the way things things are. So it's very, very important when you have disagreements to minimize hurt feelings as much as possible to maximize constructive resolutions. And usually when you do that and you express your emotions calmly and you validate each other's feelings and you work towards compromises together, not only is it shot that, okay, you had a disagreement and a rift in the marriage and now you healed it and you put a bridge there or you put uh, crazy glue on, on, a, on, a, on a cup that broke. So, you know, I fixed it. It's not just that you just fixed it. You actually enhanced the marriage into a more beautiful, beautiful way. One Now, here's a few guidelines when you have these conflicts and how to resolve it and how to deal with it. And this is very, very important. Number one is, is that when you're having some type of disagreement, whatever it is, you limit it, you limit the discussion to the one particular issue. In other words, don't dredge up old issues. Or there may have been other arguments that were not resolved. Some were resolved, some weren't resolved from weeks ago, from months ago, from years ago. No. Instead, whatever is the issue today, that one issue that you want to talk to about, discuss that one particular issue in the present of what's going on, and that is what you express to your husband and have a discussion with him about it. This allows the two of you to concentrate your energies to that one direction of that particular specific issue, and you could come up very often with pretty quick and easy resolutions to this. But instead, what happens a lot is, is you're not able to do that and you use this disagreement as a need to punish him for past deeds uh, that you don't forgive him for on past things. And that reflects a separate issue in the relationship that needs work on, but it doesn't accomplish anything.
you know, it, you know, those that's a separate issue for a separate thing. But in general, that is a big error that a lot of people who get into disagreements um, get into, is that they drag up old issues, and it's not the time or place for it. If you zoom in on the particular problem that you have now, very often it's it, you take it bite size like that. It is um, much easier to resolve. Another thing is is to establish a proper time and place for having these discussions. And, uh, for example, um, some people would have this. Some, on one hand, some people would go into their bedroom to, argue, to disagree because the kids are around. This is the only place you have the privacy to disagree. Others may have a feeling, no, our bedroom is like Kaidish. We don't want to disagree here. Let's find another room to have these arguments, because this is a place where there's marital harmony, where they're supposed to be, you know, you have the different mahalach, um, and you try to find another place, go for a walk, or try to find another place where your children aren't present and there's no other distractions, but you find the right time and place where it's calm, meaning you don't start getting into a major argument where there's kids flying, you know, things happening all over the place, and the phone's ringing, and, and you're busy with that. Again, this is something that really, this is why, uh, hopefully by the time of the recording, we have women talking, because I, I am not going to talk about this, but the PMS, um, you know, situation that women have, that men need to be sensitive about and to understand what they're going through. But at the same time, very often with many women, they know, they know that they're not at their best, or they're not in their best frame of mind when that is being experienced. And when the hormone levels are high, for the sake of shalom, it's 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 kedai to postpone sometimes these disagree these um, disagreements that you have to when that passes, and that when it's a better time to to disagree, and then sometimes it's very important to actually agree to disagree when needed. Okay, it's not about winning an argument; it's about winning his heart and him winning your heart. And very often, there's no question, everyone who is listening to this who has children, all of you, I'm sure, have disagreed on the boundary aspects of your children. Am I being too soft? Am I being too hard? How much time do I allow them to spend time on, let's say, the computer or playing with this or playing with that? And who is the disciplinarian in the house versus the one who, who is more lenient in the house? And so on and so forth. And that is such a common, normal, healthy aspect of a marriage where they're not, they're sometimes at odds on where, where those boundaries to be with the children. So sometimes you could agree to disagree. So you won't always have it exactly perfect where your husband responded the right way, the way you wanted him to. But at the same time, you have the certain, like, sort of uh, track of, of mahalach, of of what it is, and and that's very helpful too. Another thing also is to learn how to express emotions calmly. Not to get into an escalator ride when it comes to emotions. And most men, just telling you how men are wired, they they are very, um, get disconcerted uh, naturally from emotional outbursts that are extreme. And what they'll do usually is to retreat um, and, and, or, or, you know, and sometimes the more emotionalism is there, the more they'll be stubborn in, in just not either retreating or keeping their ground or whatever it is. 
So this is also one of those things that are very important as as hard as it is to calm your emotions and keep the voice at a normal conversational level and you face your husband and you maintain normal eye contact. Torah period, you can even hold the hands, whatever it is, hold his hand. And, and it's that type of language is much more effective than, let's say, turning your backs at each other and rolling eyes or these negative things. Again, actions speak louder than words. So... You know, because what happens is, is one expresses anger and fear and resentment. You, 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 very often there is an emotional manipulation here. So instead of saying like accusing statements like you're the one who spent that money and instead you say, I'm worried. I'm worried that we may have over, overspent money lately. Or instead of saying, why do you always feel the need to correct me in front of the children? You'd say something like, I feel embarrassed and upset when you correct me in front of the children. You know, whatever it is. So it's not about necessarily what we say, it's how we say it. Heard this from many people that talk about this, that if it's said it's if it's said in a loving, caring way, in a respectful way, then even the hardest things could be said to each other and they'll be able to not only take it, but they'll learn from it, they'll embrace it. And then if you don't know how to say these things to each other, then even the small items become big, big aspects. And of course, a big aspect of all of this is to validate each other's feelings. And, you know, many women often say they want their husbands to communicate more on an emotional level. Uh, But for most men to feel comfortable doing that, they need to know in advance that you'll honor their feelings, whether they disagree with you or whether they agree with you. In other words, if if your husband takes that step to share his feelings with you and they don't align with your feelings, you need to do everything you can not to be angry at him or upset at him for having those feelings. Instead, you basically, you applaud him for his courage to confront the issue. And then you can have a discussion about it, how, why you see things differently than him and so on and so forth. You know, it's, it's like, it's idea Men, have, men, men do have feelings too. Um, and that's something that's not usually expressed in the male world. It's not usually expressed anywhere, actually. And sometimes it's covered up very much with a certain macho, uh, quote-unquote, self-confident behavior on the outside. Or sometimes humor. Men may use humor to deflect something that they're hurt by. They're not going to say that they're hurt by something. Instead, they're going to use some type of a humor to deflect it. But in reality, they also have feelings and they get hurt. And it's important to validate it. And it's, 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 it's really a matter of how you communicate. Validation is a way of telling your husband, I'm in your corner, I have your back, I won't twist my knife into your gut, I won't use this information you're telling me against you. I won't be manipulative about it. And I think very highly of you for trusting me with your feelings and I'm going to honor it. Now, of course, that doesn't mean you don't disagree, but you honor his feelings, you validate them, and he'll be more inclined to share things with you that way. And of course, to work towards compromise and instead of taking an offense position, a defense position, or going head-to-head with each other, you have to remember, need to remember, that you're on the same team. 
You're fighting together for something. You're fighting together to overcome any anger or bitterness or unforgiveness. You're doing it together. You're not like one party, one team on one side, one team on the other side. Who's going to win? You're on, you're, you're on the same team and you're working together. And recommend to read the book. I haven't read it for a while. Stephen Covey's book of seven habits of highly effective people not only helps overall in life, but it helps in marriages. It's a great book for marriage too, to create the situation when you disagree on things, to develop a win-win situation that even when you're disagreeing, you come up with a third solution that's better than the, the differences between the two. So those are all very, very important. Your side dice, uh, this is a very, very fundamental shear that's important to review and to think about on how to handle uh, disagreements, what to avoid, and the tools that can be used to enhance it because it's a part of every marriage. And by going through it the right way, uh, you will see that the marriage will be enhanced greatly. To end this year, I'm going to quote to you a story uh, from a book that painted a beautiful picture of what married life could be like if you learn to disagree in a nice way. This boy relates, and when he grew up, he relates what he remembered. He says, from my bed, I could see down the hallway into a kitchen where my parents were talking. Dad look up, looked upset as he whispered to my mom across a little table. Although I couldn't hear the conversation, I could tell that they were having a disagreement. After talking for a while, my mom smiled, got up from her chair, walked over to my father. She hugged him from behind as he laughed to himself. In junior high, I remember asking my mom if she and dad ever fought with raised voices or fists. No, she told me. I always have a choice when differences arise with your dad. I can become harder or I can become softer. Marriage is a long haul, she continued. And I decided during our first years together that I didn't want to harden. So I chose to soften and flow. That really needs to be the goal of every to learn to soften and to flow with conflict and to build each other together instead of tearing each other down. And when you're soft towards each other and gentle with each other, it may need, you know, it, it, there may be still issues in marriage like there always is, but it is a mamasha or a miklat, a safe haven, a calm and beautiful atmosphere in the home and in the marriage. Brochen atzlacha.